Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Panelists today are Mike Van Solen, principal at Navigator, Kim Wright, principal of Wright Strategies, Carleen Nation, media strategist at One Nation PR in Toronto, former yes. reporter and producer with CTV, and a broadcaster in Peel Region. All right, we're waiting for uh, Mayor Tory to join us to talk about this driverless shuttle, which I think is rather interesting. Let's, in the meantime, I'll stop you if he gets online, but right now he's not. So let's talk about the fact that you've all seen this little picture of, uh, I say little picture because it's a little garage, a little $599,000 garage with uh, fading pink paint on the old wooden garage door, and it's sitting on a 20-foot frontage lot. Now, what's interesting about this is they're only selling the garage, and it's obviously as a knockdown. It's in the Danforth area, and you can pick it up for $599, and a lot of people at first blush go, are you kidding? I would never. Well, maybe you would, because there are a lot of 20-foot frontage lots that uh, contain nice houses, 1,500 to 2,000 feet, fairly vertical, but nice new houses. And if you pick that up for $599, and you spent $200 a foot, which is a typical construction cost in Toronto, and you put in, let's take the 200 the 2,000 foot option, 2,000 times 200 is 400,000 plus 599. Under a million bucks, you got a beautiful new home. Carlene, would you buy it? No, uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, it, this is so disheartening because in that area, in the Danforth, it was always great for, for first time home buyers. Not anymore. Now you're getting a garage. For $600,000, you have to pump another four hundred. dollars to stop you. And we'll continue with this topic, but right now I'm going to pick up our fourth panelist online is Mayor John <laughs> Tory. Hello, John. Hello, Peter and everybody. How are you doing? It's Hi. Been, it's been too long. You're with Carlene Nation and Mike Van Solen and Kim Wright. I think you know them all. I do. And uh, they're interested and I'm interested, and I know the listeners are interested, in your announcement today in NatCo about a driverless shuttle. Not so much the idea of getting people to and from public transit, but driverless. Where did this come from? Well, I mean, it's just really where we're headed, uh, you know, in many respects. I mean, I suspect a lot of the forms of transportation that are going to be public and private that are going to be, you know, prevalent in big cities, you know, 10 years from now or much sooner will be, uh, you know, autonomous vehicles, as they call them, which means essentially either that they operate on their own uh, with somebody that may be, quote, unquote, the driver, but not actually operating the vehicle. And in our case, what we have to find if we want to get the people that live in the inner suburbs who are presently in those kind of long, winding crescents that are lovely neighborhoods, except they're so far from the bus stop that in the middle of February at minus 20 degrees Celsius, nobody in their right mind is going to walk to the bus stop. Um, we have to find a way to hook them up to the public transit system so they don't drive their car. And so what we're doing here is a trial that tries both the technology, um, and that's something, as you know, that, that is you know still being developed, but we're, we, we hope to implement this by the fall of next year 
future. So we have an electric vehicle that would be largely autonomous in that it operates without a driver, but they will have a human being on it from the transit system to make sure people know how to use the, the getting on and off the vehicle and just to make sure it works properly. Um, and the idea will be to hook those people that live in those more remote neighborhoods uh, up to a go transit smart track or TTC station so they'll feel they have an option to use transit. So these are 8 to 12 person vehicles. I guess you're looking at a number of trips a day and continuous service during the daytime hours. That's right. And then a lot of the details, first of all, we're going to start to consult. We've sort of identified a neighborhood we think qualifies, which is a neighborhood called West Rouge, which is in Scarborough. And we want to go and consult them and kind of see what they want. I mean, what kind of service do they want? What would bother them about it in terms of the thing we're looking at doing here in terms of a test? Uh, and then we have to finish the job of picking the actual vehicle. Uh, but these processes are underway. The consultation will take place almost immediately. I think there's a meeting coming up in the next week or so with the local neighborhood. Uh, we will finish the job of picking the vehicle. Uh, and I'm very determined to have this actually operating uh, in September of 2020 because we've got to start to prove these things either work or they don't. Um, and work means not just technically, but it means that it actually serves the purpose people will embrace, which is to get on these vehicles and ride over to the GO train or smart track or TTC stop and use transit instead of their cars. Given that this is a success, and I have no doubt that uh, you'll do the right picking and selection, and it will be, are we looking at more of these? I, I would imagine that we are over the next number of years. Yes, and people are, are largely unaware of the fact that today we have five community buses operating in Toronto on kind of a, a similar sort of experiment, but they're buses with drivers, smaller buses, and they operate kind of on a uh, on-demand basis so that uh, they go through these different neighborhoods in which they're working today, um, and you can kind of stop them as they go along. And the whole idea, again, is to take two categories of people. One, people who ordinarily wouldn't use transit because they're not going to make their way to a bus stop, which might be far away, or two, seniors and disabled people who um, may uh, try to use Wheeltrans but find it to be difficult to use in one way or another. And we want to sort of offer these buses. And they've actually been quite successful at carrying hundreds of people who use them uh, to maybe go to the transit station or maybe just to go to the grocery store and back. And so we're really trying to find ways to encourage people to be able to still get around the city and be mobile, but also to use public transit to do that as opposed to cars, because it's another way of trying to reduce congestion in a city that's expected to grow by a million people uh, in population in the next uh, 20 years. Astounding. Okay, Carlene Nation has a comment for you, John. Hello, Mayor. Uh, hey, very nice to talk to you today. I think there's a there may be a bit of a mental leap. People might try it now because there's an ambassador or a body on, on this vehicle. But if there's no one on there, I'm not sure if people would be worried about the safety factor. Would I go on one of these things if there was no human being on there? Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure. A lot, I think a lot of people would, would ask the question just as you did, which is why the current contemplation of the trial is that there will be a human being on and that the human being uh, will try not to operate the vehicle so as to prove to people that it's safe, but the human being sitting there so that in the event they had to intervene, they could. But also it's more of a comfort uh, to the people who will use the service and more of an explanation as to how to use it uh, as opposed to somebody who's actually sitting there with their hands on the steering wheel and their foot on the gas pedal and the brake. Okay, and Kim Wright. Good afternoon, Mr. Mayor. Quick question. How will this, uh, will this pilot have to also adhere to some of the Vision Zero uh, principles? And I know that's always a concern when we talk about integrating new technology or new modes of transportation into 
are already a pretty clogged road network. So how does that work? Well, I think that's a really valid question that we're going to have to consult the public on because in the end, I would say any vehicle that's used for any purpose anywhere in the city is going to have to adhere to the kinds of standards and be safe enough um, and, and compatible enough with uh, you know pedestrians and cyclists that it, that, that it doesn't pose any risk of creating more uh, headaches than we already have with regard to pedestrian deaths and injuries or cyclists. And so it's going to be something we're going to have to address because I think it sort of falls along Carlene's question, which is, you know, safety and the workability of the technology here will be on the minds of many people because this is new uh, technology. And so, you know, we've got a big job in front of us in terms of all the changes that have to be made, whether it's with speed limits or photo radar or, you know, how different vehicles interact with each other on scarce road space that uh, we can't add to our problems. So the answer to your question is yes. Uh, anything we do in this regard with for these microtransit projects, especially autonomous uh, vehicles, will have to adhere to the principles that we've set out to get uh, pedestrian deaths uh, down to zero. That's the objective. Okay, final question from me, Mayor John Tory, and that is uh, you've alluded to the possibility that the uh, the King Street pilot project, which is no longer a pilot, will uh, have a sister or a brother, the way depending on how you want to describe it, uh, on some other route. Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, I'm, it's not up to me to determine where that might happen. We've got the TTC looking right now at, at routes in the city that have the same characteristics as the King Street streetcar route did before, which is a transit route that is heavily used, but that goes along very slowly, which operates as a disincentive for people to use public transit. I mean, if you are able to walk faster than you can ride on a bus or a streetcar, you're not going to take the bus or the streetcar. You might drive your car or walk. And so we're looking at these bus routes now, of which we have many that go for long stretches on north-south streets or long stretches on east-west streets and literally carry tens of thousands of people a day. You know, if the King Streetcar was the most heavily traveled public uh, surface transit route in North America, some of these bus routes are in the top ten. And so I think we have to look at some of those, and so people can figure those out by looking at the stats and say, all right, is one of these places a place where we should next set a transit priority corridor? It doesn't mean you ban anything. It simply means you say that these transit vehicles that carry the tens of thousands of people have uh, a degree of priority to make sure they can move. And so so uh, that's what's underway now is the TTC looking at a place we could do this. I was merely signaling that it's a serious look. This is not, this is something I believe in order to keep the city moving we have to do and we have to try to do it in a balanced way that takes account of the needs of car drivers, truck drivers, uh, but also uh, transit users because every one of those transit vehicles has 50 or 60 or 70 people on it and uh, also uh, you know other users like cyclists and pedestrians. I'm sure they're looking at Bathurst Street or Queen Street well, Queen has a streetcar on it, so I don't. Need, but 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 I think some of those streets that are north south like that have these huge uh, bus uh, uh, you know, numbers of bus passengers every day, huge numbers, and they actually move relatively slowly now. And they sit in the traffic jams. We can't go on having you know fifty, sixty, seventy people on a bus sitting in a traffic jam because it it it, it totally eliminates the point of taking public transit and moving sixty people efficiently uh, at one time. People will not take it if it's not reliable. So uh, we haven't made any decisions, but I'm just signaling the fact that we have to keep modernizing the way we look at these things so as to keep the city moving. If we've got a million more people coming between now and 2041, some of these decisions are the least we can do in order to keep the city moving and have any hope of keeping up with that growth. Well, John, I'm uh, I'm a Torontonian again, as you may have heard, and I have a dog in the hunt, so keep up the good work. Good. All right. Well, we'll look forward to chatting with you, Peter, and welcome back to Toronto. Thank you, John. All the best. All right. Mayor John Tory joining uh, the panel ad hoc, and uh, nice to have participation all around the table thanks for listening to the john oakley show podcast 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 